Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails podcast. With you, as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Casey Bartley. And you may notice Casey has a a nice, deep baritone (laughs) uh, in this podcast. He is uh, currently a little sick, but, you know, he loves you all so much that he is powering through. So we are here recording on a Wednesday just so that we can get this out for you before the Nebraska game on uh, Friday. So that is how much Casey cares. Yes, I'm all here for the people. That's right. So... Uh, there are two things we're going to cover today. First, uh, Purdue and the Big Ten released the updated football schedules for the 2022 season. So we're going to take a look at that. Maybe give a uh, quick prediction on what we think for next season. Obviously, we will not hold ourselves to these considering the season just ended a couple weeks ago. But it's it's going to be fun to look ahead for once uh, to an, an exciting season of Purdue football coming up. And then we'll take a break and then come back and talk about the upcoming game against Nebraska, uh, which hopefully will be another Purdue victory uh, because, well, for one thing, Nebraska not that good. And number two, the game is taking place in Mackey. So hopefully that should help us. So, Casey, have you had a chance to look at the new and improved 2020 Purdue football schedule? I'm sorry, 2022. Wow. I don't know what year it is. 2020 might have got better. Let's Yeah, let's go back there so we can do this all over again. Yeah, let's see. everybody would love. I think when like when 2022 years. started, everybody was like, you know, I wish I could go back to 2020 and start all over. Yeah, just do this pandemic once again. You know, like a Groundhog Day. I can't, think of, I can't think of anything we could have done better. Exactly. No notes. Uh, <laughs> so there there were very few changes to the schedule. I think a lot of it had to do with um, making sure teams did not play the same opponents from the you know within the conference, obviously. Uh, in home games year after year or back-to-back years. So there were some tweaks. Um, I'm going to go through the entirety of the schedule here real quick, uh, just so everybody knows. First game of the season, we open uh, at home against Penn State. So we, again, open the season with a Big Ten game. Um, Then Indiana State comes to Purdue. Is that a D1 school? 
Indiana State? Uh, football? I don't know if they're D1 in football. Um, you Google that while I read the rest of the schedule. Okay. Uh, then we head to Syracuse, uh, which we played Syracuse last, I believe, in 2004, which was my freshman year. Uh, we beat them 51-0, so that was a fun game to be at. Uh, Purdue returns to home to face FAU, and, and then we get into the rest of the Big Ten schedule. So we go to Minnesota, we go to Maryland, come home against Nebraska, go to Wisconsin, home against Iowa, go to Illinois, home against Northwestern, and then we are on the road, the final game of the season in Bloomington for the old Oak and Bucket game. So that is your season for 2022. Uh, I believe the only tweaks might have been uh, to Iowa and Nebraska, um, but I could be wrong there. Uh, maybe Wisconsin as well. So I think they just switched home versus away on those, but not a whole lot was different. So no opponents changed for Purdue. Um, I know there was a possibility of that happening as as the Big Ten announced some things, but it doesn't look like that happened to Purdue. So, uh, Casey, do we know if Indiana State is a D1 program? It or, says, I guess a, or I guess an F, FBS. So that was my question because this says they are a Division One football team in the – uh, Missouri Valley Football Conference. Let's see. I honestly, we yeah, really well, know sports guys. Well, I mean, who can keep track of who's Division One and what and FBS? And I mean, I honestly just don't know. I do believe it is the highest it, level of football. Oh no, no, no! According to Wikipedia, the source for everything, uh, it says they competed in the 2021 Division One FCS. So it's different. Uh, yes, FCS is the football championship so both subdivision. Division One. Well, yes, it's Division One, but I mean, it's like these are like the. I mean, it's almost like Division Two in football. Um, I'm asking you to explain this to me like I'm very dumb. Okay, I will explain this to you like you're very dumb. So the FBS or football mm-hmm. bowl subdivision uh, are the you know the big schools like the the Big Ten, the Pac-12, ACC, SEC schools like that, and everybody the one with else. Bowl games. The one with bowl games, yes. Okay. And the FCS is the one that has the championship bracket at the end of it. Um, so both so, schools can say they're Division One. Yeah, yeah. So, so the Division One like, is meaningless. More or less, yeah. I mean, that's so like FCS is like Appalachian State is a, a big name. Um, South Dakota State, I think, is one of the big ones. Um, but I mean, Correct. you know, they're they're still not going to be, or maybe North Dakota State is the one that they just keeps crushing people. But either way, they're they're going to be listed as an FCS opponent. So, so we are that taking... should be a cakewalk. We are taking on an FCS team whose greatest season was in 1983 when coach Dennis Rates led team to the second round of the 83 Division I football championship. Well, there Their you go. Their greatest season is just going into the second round. I mean, no one said this was going to be a blockbuster matchup. Why are they on our roster? Well, this is like uh, UConn I, all over again. He, well, here's the thing. They make these schedules so far in advance. Hold um, on, hold on. You no, can't no, hold on, use hold that on, excuse. No, hold on, hold on. Listen, because this was probably before uh, they changed the rules on scheduling FCS teams. So we may have had this on the books for a long time. I'm not saying, you know, we thought maybe they'd be a good opponent. Oh, absolutely not. Did we this schedule is... it in 1983 when we thought they were on the it's, rise it's, it's going possible. into the second round? We were, like, we were like, this team is going to be good in about 20, 30, maybe even 40 years. Oh. Let's throw them on the schedule. It's uh, a but little weird, right? It, it is a little weird. But, I mean, it's it's when you're a big I mean, when you're a big conference college football program, you invariably will schedule some cupcakes the and P some cupcakes. For pity. 
<laughs> some cupcakes are bigger than others, and this is a very large cupcake. So uh, we can chalk that one up to a win. I mean, I think uh, I don't think that's stretching it too much to put that one in Sharpie, as Travis likes to say. So uh, that is one we, we should be assured of win. But uh, for me, I mean, starting out at home is obviously good, but a game against Penn State to open the season seems like that could be pretty tough. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it at all. I mean, we've been – seems like lately we've started the season against Northwestern. Uh, seems to have been what we've done lately. When's uh, the last time we beat Penn State? Oh, uh, that is a good question. If I click on the history tab here, I can find that out. But It um, doesn't feel like we ever beat them, right? Like, I mean – It's some so, power order between them and Wisconsin that we just constantly get crushed. According to this, we have uh, beat them three times ever. Ever? Uh, it looks like we've only played 19 times, three okay. wins, 15 losses, and one tie. How did we tie? Uh, I mean, I assume we, we each we scored the same amount of points. We haven't always had this super awesome way of doing overtimes? No. Okay. Uh, let's see. I'm learning a lot about football today, Ledman. I know. It's, it's pretty interesting for you. So the last time Purdue won was 2004. Uh, we won at State College 20-13. to 13. Since then, we are on, a, I believe, a nine-game losing streak. It sounds yeah. right. That yep, nine-game right. losing streak to Penn State. And we tied in 1952. Uh, it was 20-20. 20 to 20. 1952. Yep, so okay. 70 years ago. Uh, okay. I don't think they had the same overtime rules at that point. We didn't, do the, we didn't do the nine overtime games where you have to go for two. That's fair. Well, we'll get Indiana State afterwards, so at least there's that. Yeah, um, like I said, I mean, starting the season with Penn State is is worrisome for me. Um, uh, they're obviously going to be a good team. We don't know uh, how their season will go, but when you've lost nine in a row to a team, uh, they're obviously consistently putting on a better product than you are. This, of course, was a great season for Purdue, and we've got a lot coming back. Um, Brock Thompson um, had his uh, knee surgery today. He said he came out uh, successful, so we're hoping he He's comes got back. three knees full. now. Yes, three knees, uh, so he is ready to go. Aiden O'Connell, of course, coming back. That's going to be huge for this offense. So we just got to hope they continue to build and they can come out ready to go from game one. Um, there shouldn't be any quarterback controversy that's going to slow down this offense um, in the offseason, as we've had seemingly for every season under Jeff Brom. I mean, AOC obviously will be the, the designated starter throughout the summer, throughout everything. Glad you could join me on that finally. Yes, yeah. Casey's been on the AOC train right. the whole whole off season, so choo -choo. Uh, he finally convinced me. So I hope having having that offensive continuity, I think, will be big for this team. We've just got to hope that those wide receivers who were injured and missed the bowl game uh, for academic reasons are able to come back because wow. a, a guy like yeah, I mean, a guy like Milton Wright is somebody who we definitely need and will make everybody's uh, life a little easier. So he he's someone we we definitely have to have back. Um, there was one other thing um, before we take a look at the rest of the schedule that came out today. Uh, it looks like it was announced via, I think, Golden Black. But uh, apparently the Purdue offensive line coach, uh, Neil Calloway, is just retiring. No. Uh, not, they not did really well coach. last year. I know. I was surprised. <laughs> um, you know, they, they really improved from where we thought they were going to be. And so he obviously uh, did a pretty good job with that unit. So – now Brom will, will be looking for, it sounds like, three different coaches this offseason. Yeah, that's a lot of coaching uh, 
A little bit of a coaching carousel. Then again, you're not a successful program unless you're losing assistant coaches. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things you love to have continuity because it, that means you've got a program that's secure and settled, and it helps with recruiting and and helps with hopefully building up uh, the rest of the program and getting some good reserves in there. But when you lose coaches after a successful season, you can't really be too mad unless those coaches are leaving. Uh, because there's something inherently wrong with the program or there's no money being invested. So what about uh, if they want to just go enjoy their leisure? That seems pretty lame. Yeah. Yeah. Retiring. I mean, I think reti- I think retiring, it's not as bad as a few years back when Purdue lost a guy to open a Chick-fil-A. Say what? Yeah. You don't remember that? Our special teams coordinator, he was like, I'm just, I'm done with football. And he went, I think somewhere in Texas and he opened a Chick-fil-A and now he runs a Chick-fil-A. Huh? Well, huh. yeah. Yeah, I mean that that is that is probably the most bizarre way to lose a coach I can remember. I guess he really wanted Sundays off. Yeah, he he just was like I'm I'm tired of having to watch film on Sundays, get film ready. I'm just going to open a Chick-fil-A guaranteed Sundays off all the time. So, good for him. Um so, I mean, I think the non-conference schedule for Purdue is I mean, it's Indiana State, Syracuse, uh and FAU. I mean, those are three games Purdue should win. So, I would think 3 and 0 uh, in the in the non-conference should be what we expect. I mean, do you disagree with me there? No. Do you know what the no. Florida Atlantic, uh, what their thing is? Like their mascot? Yeah. Are they the owls or something? They're the owls. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's not a that's not a normal mascot for mm-hmm. sure. Owls are cool. They're dope. We <laughs> All like right. A, well, we like owls here. <laughs> yeah. We number one owl podcast. <laughs> so you know, if you're looking for more owl facts, just continue to tune in. Um, I think. Wait, you, I think the one thing you notice from the schedule, though, isn't isn't what's on the schedule. Even though owls are cool, they're on it. They are very cool. But there's no there's no Ohio State, no Michigan, and no yeah, no non conference, you know, big baddie to take on. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's a winnable schedule. Yeah, it's gonna make a huge difference. Um, if this team truly wants to take a another step forward, this is a pretty good schedule to do that. Um, like you said, no Michigan, no Ohio State, and uh, you you don't have a huge non-conference game with big implications. So it, it could be a pretty good opportunity, especially if they come out of the gate with a victory against Penn State. You know, it is gonna it is a home game. Um, hopefully, it'll be maybe a late afternoon or night game. Get a big, good, rowdy crowd in there in Ross Aid, and then you win that game. I mean, you can start four and zero, and you head to what has been uh, Jeff Brom's kind of bugaboo is playing Minnesota um, has had no success against PJ Fleck. And we would obviously love to win that game. That would be a huge win for Purdue because those two coaches were hired at the same time. Fleck of course was associated with the Purdue opening and we, we went elsewhere um, rumors of, you know, him turning down the Purdue job and going to Minnesota, but who knows how much of that is, we didn't is have real. Enough lakes. Yes. The not enough lakes, would have been you know, wasted. Boats, you can't row a boat if there are no lakes, and nope. and really no one wants to go on the Wabash in a boat. So that's true. Uh, I don't blame him. You know, if that was his reasoning, you gotta you gotta respect that. Yeah, you're you know you gotta make sure everything makes sense. Your boats, your water, and your weird little zip ups with a tie underneath. Yes, what yeah. a strange man. <laughs> he he does seem <laughs> seem to have a uh, quirky little situation going on there. I'm not I. It's it's working for them, I suppose. Uh, but we we would definitely definitely love to uh, get a victory against PJ Fleck because he's one of those guys who kind of annoys me. Uh, but who who knows? Brahm has had some trouble with him. So uh, 
I mean, are there any real games? Obviously, the the one game that always sticks out is anytime Purdue plays Wisconsin. Now nah, we're just gonna lose it. Like, it's yeah, fine. I mean, it, and now we have to go to Madison. It's fine. And we get uh, Iowa after a bye week again. Oh yes, we do. And and Iowa is at home. I mean, we beat them last last season um, on the road. Now they come into Ross Aid, and we do get a bye week to prepare for them. So hopefully that is a, the, the secret sauce that Brom needs to again beat what will probably be a pretty good Iowa team once again. Yeah, we'll have David Bell to you know record 200 receiving yards, but I'm sure we can find someone else. That last four games are very winnable. Uh, like it. Yeah. If you can just you know maybe carry two losses into those last four, you got to feel really good about a historic Purdue season. Yeah, I mean you know ending the season like that on a on a four game win streak, having those three non conference games you could win. I mean that's that's seven wins right there, and then you're looking at. Um, you know, five other games where I don't know other than, I mean, at Wisconsin, I think you can, that's going to be a real struggle. Um, but I mean, there's not really a game where you look at it and automatically say Purdue's going to lose that game. And that is a strange feeling. It is. Um, I, th- I think it's safe to say we're going to go, our our discussions this offseason are going to be in a much different light and tone compared to what we went into last season. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of darkness and a lot of question marks coming into uh, the 2021 season. And I think both of us feel a lot more optimistic going into 2022. So one question and then we'll we'll back off of this. Uh, I'll give you my answer first, uh, just so you have a little time. Um, What you know, looking at the schedule, what is your predicted outcome right now? Not knowing anything uh, about, you know, possible injuries, transfers, additions, anything like that Um, for me. I look at it and I think eight and four. Um, the the games that I question and haven't have as losses right now um, are Penn State. Um, I said at Maryland just because I feel like Purdue has you know we have not played well at Maryland and you never know how Maryland is going to do. They've they've been up and down and that one just scares me a little bit. Um, at Wisconsin is another one and then at Minnesota I had that as a as a loss as well just because again Purdue has not beat Minnesota under Jeff Brom and you never want to go into an opponent who you've never beat uh into their stadium and and just you can't really guarantee a win in that situation so until Brom shows me otherwise I would say games against Wisconsin and Minnesota are ones I'm not looking forward to yeah uh I guess I'll go ahead and say nine and three right um like you said, it's a winnable schedule, and if we can just flip, you know, the Minnesota game or the Maryland game, win one of those two, you got to feel pretty good about, you know, that it just becomes taking care of Iowa. And I'm sure Northwestern will be better next year, but you know, I feel like yeah, we've... yeah, they don't usually stay down for long under Fitzgerald. AOC's got a pretty good track record against them, so yeah, it's. I mean, if he's going to win nine to ten games in the season, this is going to be the schedule to do it with. So. AOC and that offense should be it should hit the ground running. He's been there for a long time now, and uh, Brom should have everything he wants going into the season. Yeah, yeah, and I mean they should know what the offensive identity is. They should know what these players are capable of, and hopefully we'll just slot in some additional players, uh, playmakers at running back, and maybe a wide receiver here or there. And like you said, offense should be pretty good. Uh, defense should still be pretty good as well. I mean, obviously we're losing some folks, but um, we should have a lot of talent back there still. So that is a way too early look at the 2022 schedule. Uh, we are going to go ahead and take a break. We'll come back and look at the upcoming game against uh, Nebraska that is coming up for Purdue basketball. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And we are back with you to talk about Purdue basketball's upcoming game against Nebraska. Going to be this Friday uh, Tip-off is at 6.30 p.m., so that's a bit unusual, so make sure to uh, be available then. It's going to be on FS1 also, um, so make sure you have that channel because I know I've had a cable package before that does Ooh, not. You're scaring uh, me, that, buddy. Oh, I think FS1 at this point, it's a little bigger than it used to be, so most most folks have it. So uh, this is going to be, obviously, the return um, to action for the men's team. They have not had a game since January 8th. Uh, because the game against Michigan was postponed due to COVID issues on the Michigan team. So now we've got a little bit of a layoff, and hopefully that'll be good for the team. And uh, Nebraska has not had a layoff. They just had a game yesterday. Most recent game was against number 25, Illinois. Ended up losing by 10, but the game was actually pretty close. So I've noticed the trend this year with the men's team that that they really struggle when a team has like a, a go-to guy, a big name, or a or a star, or a powerful guard. Uh, and Casey, does Nebraska have someone like that on this team who could possibly take over the game? If by that you mean do they have players that shoot a lot? Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, shooting a lot would be part of scoring, so yeah. Yeah, um, Bryce McGowan's is their, their go-to guy. He's a 6'7 freshman. He's also shooting 25% from three. That's not great. So, and he's taking like 80 of them on the season. Oh, my. So, that is bad. He shoots it a lot, and a lot of the times it doesn't go in. Uh, Verge Jr. is pretty good. He is a senior little 6'3 guard. He shoots 24% from three. Also, not great. Not great. See, here's what wor- here's what worries me about this. Mm-hmm. I feel like every time we do this, you tell me uh, so and so is a volume shooter and he hits, you know, low twenties, low thirties from three, and then I'm like, oh, that's great, I'm I'm feeling confident. And then we go into the game and they start out hot and hit like four or four from three. I'm just worried that's going to happen once again. Yeah, it's the Purdue effect. Uh, we are born to give low level players their high level moments. Uh look. I've sang this this song, (laughs) done this little dance. Nebraska is not good. And for some reason that really hasn't mattered in Purdue games so far. They're playing the best ball of their season. Uh, As you said this week, they, they took Illinois to a pretty close game, lost by 10. Uh, They took Ohio state 10 days ago into overtime. They're a big 10 team. They're not a good big 10 team. They're, They're not a good offense. They're not a good defense. They're really bad at rebounding, which should really work out in our favor. Yeah, that'll definitely help Purdue because that's like I, like we've said again and again, uh, offensive rebounding, allowing offensive rebounding is one thing where Purdue has struggled. Yeah. So, look, we should be able to handle them. It it's a Friday night game. It's at home. We should win by twenty. Will we? It's a Big Ten. It would be nice to see our offense really get going and us not to allow a guard to go crazy. The, those two things, if we could make happen at the same time, would make me feel a lot better about a team that's been struggling. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, like we were talking about before we uh, started recording, I mean, their victories, I mean, right now they're sitting at 6-11, and 11, and their best victory, honestly, I, I struggle to find which one it is. I mean, you said I think it was Southern. Yep. Uh, and I assume you're basing that on Ken Palm, right? Indeed. Uh, but, I mean, their victories are against teams like Sam Houston, Idaho State, Southern, Tennessee State, South Dakota, and Kennesaw State. This, like, on paper, is one of the worst Big Ten teams in the last decade. Right? Oh, but, wow. Like, they're bad. They're bad, bad. Uh, you know, it's a new coach, new program, trying to get their settings in a school that's not very good at athletics. So, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, when... I'm most annoyed by Nebraska being in the Big Ten. If you can't tell. <laughs> yeah, you had a real chip on your shoulder about them when it came to football mm-hmm. as well. But, they're I mean, just, I get that. They're annoying. Yeah, and, and I mean, they're they're such a historic – I mean, I'm going to – they're a historically good football school, and they've never really seemingly been interested in basketball. So it's not really surprising that they've struggled uh, to adapt to Big Ten basketball. I like their old coach, too. I'm sad they got rid of him. Oh, yeah. He he always seemed like a really uh, – Coach Miles. Amical – Amicable guy, amicable guy. Yeah, yeah. he always was kind of goofy, smiley on the sidelines. Yeah, and they replaced him with the giant, like fart stain, Fred Hoiberg. <laughs> That's uh, quite the descriptor. It's accurate. He is a brown, stinky goo mess on. I'm just on all our houses. I'm just gonna let that go. We're gonna move on. I'm on a lot of cough medicine. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, is there anything that we really need to watch out for or uh, know about this Nebraska team that we haven't gone over? No, this is all a uh, Kim Purdue play their game. Like, just do it. Uh, I guess one thing, Verge has the most insane assist rate I've ever seen. Uh, Alonzo Verge, the, the little guard, he's got a 44.1% assist rate. That's, so uh... the ball will be in his hands at all times. And then he passes to someone and they shoot. I mean, that's, yeah, that's how basketball works. 44% is very high. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's our highest rate on our team? I, I knew you were going to ask. Um, well, I mean, you're bringing up numbers. I want to at least have a comparison so people have an yeah. idea. Travion Williams has a 31.7 assist rate right now. Oh, wow. And I mean, okay, so this guy, yeah, a lot of assists. 10% more of his possessions end in an assist than Trey's. Okay. Yeah, so and I mean Trey obviously we've talked numerous times about how great of a passer he is. Right. Uh so this guy must be someone uh who can make some plays. So he'll be something to look out for. Um but as you said, I mean we hope this is going to be a game where Purdue plays their game and and should walk away with a victory. Um you know, the Purdue team we saw earlier in the year certainly would walk away with this game, but you know, the Purdue we've seen lately has been a little shaky, having a little trouble on both ends of the floor. We loved the effort a little bit uh, uh, more in the Penn State game. So hopefully that is the team that shows up this Friday because I think if that team shows up, uh, Purdue will certainly win. Yeah, um, and I think just to give another Kim Palm ranking to tell you where Nebraska is, our lowest-ranked Big Ten opponent has been Rutgers. They're 98th best team in the country. That feels uh-huh. about right, right? Like, they're good, but they're yeah. not. Uh, Nebraska is 159th. Oh, my. Yeah, they are way down. Um so this is by far the most, the worst team we will face for the rest of the season. Okay. Probably counting the NCAA tournament. Wow. All right. So it, just based on numbers alone, this is a game that we would hope Purdue won't struggle with. Yeah. And we don't go there. It's right. This is just the right. Is it, it is a home game. Yeah. So uh, hopefully this will be it. But uh, we we would love to walk away with a victory. Maybe give Purdue 
um, a little bit more confidence because we need some this, swag back, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because after after this Nebraska game, schedule ramps up pretty quick. We go to Illinois and go to IU in our next two games, so uh, we'd really like to get the team back into a flow before those games. So hopefully, this Nebraska game can be that for the team. Yeah, uh, I just want to see our guys go off. It'd be nice if we get to 100 and hold them under 70. Yeah, well, there you go. I don't think we're going to get to 100, uh, but uh, you know. I, I think high 70s, probably low 80s is where we've been hanging around lately, and I'll take that. So, uh, and if, I want if there's, better. I want more. I, I mean, I do too, but I'm, I'm, taking it, I'm taking it gradually. You know, I'm just going to be happy to get these wins. So, all right. So hopefully we can walk out of Mackey Arena with a victory, and I'm going to allow Casey to save his voice. So we'll just end it there for now. Uh, we will be back with you again next week as we talk about this game and look ahead uh, to the games against Illinois, and then we'll probably talk a little Indiana as well just because it's just such a fun rivalry. Rivalry, We always like to talk about them a little bit. So uh, a lot of for Casey, about IU. There you go. So for Casey and myself, let's go Boilers. Perfect. All right. Try not try to, like, drink some chamomile tea or tea with lemon. I don't know what the hell you need to do, but you do something. Tequila. That seems opposite. Yeah. yeah, But, you know, you do you. You know your body better than I do.